0: welcome to the five o'clock show it's time for common sense now it's cats and cosby with john katsimatidis and rita cosby standing for truth justice and the american way bringing common sense to the world now here's john katsimatidis and rita cosby
1: well oh god it's monday it is Monday, but boy, do we have a lot of news a for lot this of Monday, news. John? A lot my of goodness! News.
2: And uh, there is so many things happening, Rita, and and people got to get disgusted sometimes.
1: Yeah, and right now, security. I think about our border, and obviously, what's happening in the world with this attack. Now, U.S. troops, three U.S. troops killed. Wow. I, I saw a, a U.S.
2: senator was in my office uh, before, and and we talked about why are all these uh, soldier type young men coming in through the borders
1: yeah you wonder are in they the, planning in the, something in the, in the studio in we the have uh,
2: congressman peter king and judge richard weinberg why are these soldier type people coming through the borders
3: yeah we have to assume the worst i mean we have to assume that if all those people are coming in at least some of them are bad actors and if they're coming in the young people are in good shape and the,
2: and the chinese ones have new luggage
1: yeah, well dressed.
3: Well, well dressed, well dressed. Luggage. We and here, we see that in New York when they get off the bus to the Port Tower. It's almost like a designer clothes these people have and uh, shoes and it's uh No, but I, I think it's a real threat. Apart from you know the financial hit. I think the terror threat to our country by all these people coming in, all you need is three or four. And we can have a disaster. You can take out a subway system with three or four or five people.
1: By the way, Pete, last uh, month uh, they just came out with the numbers over the weekend. Over three hundred thousand crossed the border and get this, 19 hey, on the terror watch we list, got 19. Bill, Rita, we got Bill O'Reilly
2: on at 545 today. Can't wait. And guess what? He wants to talk about all these soldiers coming through the borders. It's the really Soldier a types, mm-hmm. let's put it this way. Young men. Military age. Military age right. coming through the borders.
1: And, uh, you know... We're going to have a problem one of these days. This is a big deal, by the way. We also have Mozzie Pillip, of course, who is running. That's in the George Santos seat, and her priority is keeping us safe.
2: Absolutely, that's yeah. a
1: huge issue. Pete, you spend a lot of time well, with her too. Gotta,
2: well, Pete, you got to remember. You know what you tell people? She's a she is a Democrat. She is a Republican. She is a uh, a conservative. Absolutely. But whom do you trust to vote to secure our borders?
3: Her or her opponent? Listen, her opponent uh, threw ice out of Nassau County. Uh, he's been inconsistent, uh, a consistent liberal in, in Congress. Mazi is committed to secure borders. She's a, a double refugee. She escaped from Ethiopia. She get uh, went to Israel. Uh, She's there illegally. She left Israel, came the United States, as a legal immigrant. She prides herself on being a legal immigrant. And if we keep the borders open the way they are, and if, God forbid... A, a, a tragedy does strike people will look back at what were you people doing how did you let this happen I mean, it's all written judge when you agree it's just waiting to happen I think it's I
4: think it's heartbreaking I'm afraid that it's not a question of of if but when because you cannot let tens and tens of thousands of people if come you in have, and you don't know what who they are
2: Israel if you have 300
4: 400 uh, 500
2: with machine guns mm-hmm. and they go into a small town Hooterville, okay as a joke Right, right. and they can wipe out the whole town before yeah, anybody else absolutely. can can get there to help them. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, uh, think doing, about what I just said. It, it's a huge and, deal, and, John. The same, the same thing that happened yep. to in, 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 in near Gaza in Israel. All the the Israelis that would tiptoe through the tulips and give up their guns, they died. The ones that had their guns, guess what? They survived. So, for whom do the bells toll? And who Rita, will keep I us safe? we
1: have a U.S. senator on the line. Yes, we do. I, I
2: met him when he was not a U.S. senator. Oh, you did? A Long time ago.
1: All right. And I met him. By the way, I honored you at the Zionist Organization of America uh, years ago when you were in New York. He's a big supporter of Israel. Uh, John big John Birkin, supporter uh, was uh, who? pushing him. Who was John Birkin? Oh, yeah. oh, well, oh, interesting. Um, joining us now is Senator Tom Cotton. Uh, senator, great to have you, of course, uh, Senator from Arkansas, the senior senator, also an infantryman, somebody who understands uh, might and peace through strength. Senator Cotton, really great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. Your reaction to this enormous news. Now, three U.S. soldiers have been killed by this strike. What is the Biden administration going to do? What should they do?
5: Well, thanks very much for having me on. First, let me express my condolences to the families of those three soldiers we now know from the Georgia National Guard who have lost their loved ones. Um, you know, we pray for them and their peace, and we pray for the wounded battle buddies uh, who are also injured in this attack. Um, Joe Biden should do now what he should have done months, really years ago, which is devastating military strikes against Iran's terrorist forces throughout the Middle East in Yemen, in Iraq, in Syria, and in Iran itself. If he had done that years ago, we wouldn't be mourning the loss of these three soldiers and praying for the recovery of several dozen others. There's a long history of Iran challenging America, and when a strong, confident president stands up to them, as Donald Trump did when he killed Qasem Suleiman's terrorist mastermind in 2020, or Ronald Reagan, when he sank half of Iran's navy in 1988, Iran will pull in its horns. But when you have weak, hapless presidents like Joe Biden or Barack Obama who appease Iran, who give it billions of dollars, who announce to the world that they're afraid of any kind of conflict with Iran, then all Iran does is become more aggressive. And sadly, as I predicted for months, it results in dead Americans.
1: Peter King.
3: Tom, it's great talking. This is Pete King and we served together in the House and you were a superstar. Yeah, you were a superstar from the day you arrived. Uh, let me just say first of all, as, as a New Yorker, let me thank you for being one of the first senators to come out back in 2018 and 2019 for the 9-11 health care that was needed for the compensation. It was great of you to do it. There's nothing in it for you, politically or otherwise. So I want to thank you for that. Tom, in, in the, in the, Cong- in, in the Senate now, after what happened over the weekend, I mean, people like you have been on to this since October. Is it becoming bipartisan to realize that more has to be done, that the president has failed? I mean, is there going to be any strong action taken, and is there any pressure coming from the Democrats on him to
6: take it?
5: Well, well Pete, first off, it was a pleasure to serve with you, and my only complaint about you is you left too early. But it's great to hear your voice. Thank you, uh, New York is a New York is a great advocate, in Pete King, at, in or out of Congress, um, I, I, I'm afraid, Pete, that. You know, if you just listen to what the White House officials are saying today, John Kirby, the White House spokesman or the general who's the spokesman for the Pentagon, it sounds to me like once again, Joe Biden is worried about escalation. He is trying to find a proportionate response. But, Pete, as you know, proportional responses uh, against, you know, theocratic dictatorship like Iran is never going to restore peace. We need disproportionate responses. The president keeps saying he's afraid of escalation, but Iran is escalating this war almost every day, as we saw yesterday. So we need what they call in the military escalation dominance. Unfortunately, just given the rhetoric we hear from White House and Pentagon officials today, I don't suspect we're going to get that. Many of my Democratic colleagues, uh, they know that we need more than they're going to get. They're calling for action. But they're not going to get ahead of President Biden. And when he does take what I suspect will be half-hearted, half-measures that will not scare Ron straight, then they'll be defending it as successful. But we'll know it's successful or not because the attacks will likely continue. And that's by definition a failure.
1: By the way, uh, Senator Tom Cotton, you were very forceful in a statement also about sort of this appeasement policy of President Biden. And you said if he doesn't do... What you were just saying to us earlier here about going after Iran and also uh, terrorist forces in the Middle East. You said, quote, anything less will confirm Joe Biden as a coward, unworthy of being commander in chief. Explain that because, boy, uh, that was powerful.
5: Well, first off, he has acted cowardly in the face of our enemies for three years. Every time he tries to turn the other cheek, he wants to turn down the temperature. If he had a partner for peace in Russia, in the Middle East, in China, that would be one thing like Ronald Reagan finally had in the end of his tenure after he had confronted Soviet Russia in the beginning of it. But Joe Biden doesn't have those. Joe Biden has enemies who see his weakness. They see that he's taped a kick me sign on Uncle Sam and they take advantage of his fear. And frankly, he is not worthy of being the commander in chief of these brave troops who we have sitting in several bases across the Middle East, like sitting ducks. Yes, we have excellent air defense systems, but it only takes one missile. It only takes one rocket, one one-way attack drone to get through those air defenses to have what you saw last night. And these troops deserve better than a president who is scared to take the necessary steps to deter Iran and scare the Ayatollah Strait or to kill dead all their terrorist forces,
2: uh, Senator John Katzpetides. Uh, I mean, uh, President Biden has given Iran uh, every step of the way has given him things. I mean, uh, under President Trump, Iran was the buying the four hundred thousand barrels a day. Now they're they're buying uh, they're selling four million barrels a day. Four hundred thousand to four million, we made them zillionaires, as I said on Fox the other day, uh, and China. Every step of the way, you know, on the batteries, you had a bipartisan uh, uh, thing on batteries. He vetoed, President Biden has vetoed it in favor of China. I mean, isn't it the American people, don't they think is enough is
5: enough? John, I think they do. And that's why President Biden's poll numbers are so bad, not just in general, but especially on national security. Um, Again, this is a president who. Is always like an elephant who's seen a mouse anytime our enemies say so much as boo think about what's happened in ukraine for the last two years part of the reason vladimir putin invaded ukraine is because he saw a weak president in afghanistan in the summer of 2021 and then after he invaded president biden has pussyfooted around for two years always refusing to give ukraine the weapons in kind and in volume they need to win but rather giving them just enough so they don't lose it is the same pattern you see now in the middle east starting with the i mean starting at the beginning of its presidency iran and its proxies were attacking americans but it accelerated after the atrocities in israel on october 7th and we continued to turn the other cheek we took very very minimal pinprick strikes at empty warehouses and buildings in the middle of the desert We're striking a bunch of a, a bunch of sites in Yemen that are not killing these rebels themselves, but rather, again, buildings and warehouses, as opposed to imposing severe consequences on them until they get the message.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're like empty warehouses. Um, and everybody, we are talking to Senator Tom Cotton. Judge Weinberg, you have a question. Senator, good to talk to you again. I want to ask you
4: about what's these stories about the Biden administration putting pressure on Israel to weaken their campaign against the Hamas terrorists by threatening to take away weaponry. What do you say about that? Oh,
5: yeah, that's 100 percent true. Again, from the very beginning, we should have only given Israel anything they needed. and. It- exactly when they needed it um the reason president biden didn't do that is because he wanted to maintain leverage and pressure over the government of israel israel after it suffered the worst atrocity against jews since the holocaust there's even debates about provide about delaying the uh, shipment of defensive weapons to israel so i have no no doubt that they're going to start delaying the shipment of missiles or um guidance systems that turn dumb bombs into smart bombs, but they may even stop supplying missile defense systems or interceptors that help protect civilians in Israeli cities from the kind of attacks you continue to see from Hamas this very day in the populated civilian areas. Why do they do that? Well, one, they've imposed their bizarre ideological worldview on the Middle East, and somehow the Jews uh, of Israel are an oppressor and the Palestinians in Gaza are the oppressed, and therefore they have to root for the Palestinians. It's also a political question. Joe Biden is scared to death that he's got young progressive voters or Arab-American voters who are soured on the fact that he's giving any support at all to Israel, albeit minimal support. And therefore, he's worried about what this war means for his reelection. It's just <sighs> appalling that you have a president who is willing who is willing to threaten the people of Israel, with cutting them off from ammunition in the middle of a shooting war because he's worried about carrying Michigan or Ohio or Pennsylvania in the
1: election. Yeah, that is shameful. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton, thank you so much. Thank you for your service. And uh, please come back on again soon. It's terrific to have you here on the show.
5: Great talking to you, Tom. Thank, thank you, so all. Great to be on with you.
1: Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. And, uh, and John, before we bring in a little clip, this is a clip from Roger Stone on his show. We have a song because you, you, you rekindled one of my favorite songs here. Well, let's listen to Roger first. And then you want to do the song? And then we'll do the song. All right. All right. So here's Roger from this weekend. This is
2: Roger Stone. Roger Stone analyzed what happened in New Hampshire with President Trump and Haley. And it was really, really
4: a good analysis. And I wanted everybody to hear it. Trump follows up his victory uh, in uh, Iowa with an incredible and more interesting victory in New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire is interestingly unique uh, because the secretary of state there actually in violation of state law uh, allowed uh, independents to vote in the Republican primary. While there is a uh, a section of state law that allows this, it requires certification by the New Hampshire Republican State Committee to allow it. No such certification uh, was ever issued, so an argument could actually have been made uh, that the primary itself, well, it was illegal. But I think this was the beta test. For the Biden campaign, in a way, you see, almost 50% of those who voted in the Republican primary in the Granite State were not Republicans. That's right. They were independents. Uh, a PAC called uh, Working for Nikki Haley actually re-registered 8,000 Democrats by the October 6th deadline, changing their registrations to independent. So they could vote in the Republican primary. Uh, And then New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, uh, who supported Nikki Haley, uh, worked uh, with an enormous budget to try to get independents to invade the Republican primary. If you look at the votes of just Republicans, Donald Trump actually got 70 percent of the vote in New Hampshire. But after you look at the primary total having been flooded with almost 50% non-Republicans, well, Trump still pulled out a 11-point victory. Very solid when you consider what he was up against. Trump, by the way, spent about $18 million total. Uh, I'm still examining uh, Nikki Haley's total spending. You have to put together her campaign spending as well as her PAC spending. But right now, I have heard about $34 million. Plus, of course, she got uh, a healthy assist from the legacy media that would like her to emerge as the chief challenger to Donald Trump. Uh, Even the New York Times, which I often disagree with, Uh, reported in a great piece by Shane Goldmacher that Donald Trump's victory in New Hampshire provided him the second of an opening of pair of wins in the Republican nomination fight that accelerated his push for the party to coalesce around him and deepened questions about the path forward for Nikki Haley, his lone remaining rival. Uh, Again, no Republican candidate has ever won the first two states and then ultimately not secured the presidential nomination, a fact that Donald Trump himself noted in his victory speech that night.
2: Wow, what a, uh, what an analysis. And what advice did we give Nikki Haley last week?
0: You got to know the whole.
1: By the way, you can never go wrong with you Kenny Rogers. You can never go wrong with Kenny Rogers, Ra- <laughs> no. and that's great
3: advice to Nikki Haley. You should stay in; she's not a quitter. Yeah. Donald Trump says the worst thing you can be in life is a quitter. Yeah, you know, listening to Roger Stone, they, they, I never heard a winner complain about a loser. I mean, they won. Peter win the victory.
2: Nikki Haley, if she wants a career in politics, no one to walk away, no
3: one to run. I think if, if you lay out your own formula, your own road, you can win if you have guts. She's not going to win this year, but she's going to make a name in the party.
1: Well, speaking of somebody who's definitely making a name for herself uh, and is running, and she is doing an awesome job, uh, obviously, a uh, former member of the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, and she is running for that hot seat, the George Santos seat. February 13th is a special election, and joining us now here is Mozzie Pillup. Mazi, so great to have you here. We have Peter King here, Judge Weinberg, John, and myself. It's great to have you here. Tell us, first of all, where the race is headed. And I think it comes down to border, border, border security.
7: Your thoughts. Hi. First of all, I would like to say hello to all of you. Hi, Peter King, my friend. How's How are you doing, do you know, Mazi?
3: We spent the whole <laughs> Wonderful. weekend together. Great to see, great to see you. Brother. I know, I
7: know. You. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, so far, you know, we are doing very good. I'm, I'm getting a lot of support, the positive energy. Uh, we are talking about, you know, border security. Unfortunately, the elected officials, but, uh, President Biden, and Thomas really created this uh, crisis, and now we have to handle with this. And now Thomas Swazi is saying he would like to go back to fix it. Uh, we know he is not capable of fixing the border. Uh, the only person who can do that is me, the third congressional district resident, Wants fresh voice, no career politician who have been there and
2: close the prominence. So Mazzi, what you're saying to the people of Nassau County and Queens saying if you wanna fix the border, vote for me. If you wanna keep an open border and let all these people come in, vote for Swazi
7: absolutely absolutely what we are seeing right now uh, at our borders and the illegal immigrants making the waste million it's just unreal it's unfair unfair to the american people unfair to the migrants uh, they're promising them this uh, false hope of coming to america uh, illegally and uh, to have the american dream that is not true i can tell you that is an immigrant who did it twice that's not the way to do it you have to come in the legal way, uh, we want you to have the, the American dream, but has to be done correctly. Right now, uh, Tom Swazi and really President Biden together, they created this problem and, and putting you know, migrants in harm's way when they're telling them come and let them come miles and miles to our borders without any plan in place. It's just ridiculous, and somebody has to stop it. And I am willing to be that voice because I understand immigration better than Tom Swazi. Mazi,
2: I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna move to Nassau County for 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 at least February 13th and vote for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for fighting for for America. Thank you for fighting for Nassau County and Queens. Thank you so much, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Great Good luck, Mazzi. Thank
7: you. Thank you, thank you for having me. Take
2: care. Let's take a break right now, and we're going to come back. Uh, we We've got have, another uh, senator, another, another big senator. senator. We have Senator uh, uh, Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville, yes, and, and he yeah. he insisted I call him Coach. Let's take that break.
0: A common-sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77
2: WABC. us today is uh, Senator Tom Tuberville, and he's from the great state of Alabama. Uh, and um, he's asked me to call him Coach.
6: Well, Coach. Forty years, John. Forty years. You were
2: 40 coach. years as a coach. Yeah. My God. I mean, did you do well?
6: I did pretty well. I won close to, I guess, 65% of my games, and uh, I beat Nick Saban uh, four out of seven. That was pretty good.
2: Wow. Well, Senator, I mean, uh, we're in trying times right now. Uh, The last week uh, I had uh, Mike Pompeo on uh, uh, the show, and I asked Mike Pompeo, I said to him, how many countries have to be at war before you call it a world war? Well... (laughs) We're almost there.
6: Oh, we got fires all over the world, John. It, it's, it's scary. I'm on Armed Services Committee, now, so I go through all these classified hearings and listen to everything that's going on. There's a lot more than, than meets the eye. And it's really scary because we, as we speak with Joe Biden as president, we're, we appease everybody. We're riding the fence right now. We, we don't take a side. And sooner or later, we're going to have to step forward as the, as the big boy on campus and say, listen, enough's enough or we're gonna get involved. But right now we're just we're straddling the fence and I tell you one thing that scares me is is our military. I don't know whether we are as if you look back in nineteen ninety one we were strong. Uh we had no problem recruiting young men and women to, to get in our military. Uh our military industrial base was strong and and was growing. Uh we had people actually in this country would work, you know, that would actually go to work and help us build the things that we needed to To secure this country and our allies, and I don't know where we're at now. I just
2: we're not in good shape. I understand today, uh, a couple days ago, the Navy made a decision uh, that they're going to enlist uh, non-high school graduates. Yeah, and and, uh, wow, all I can say is wow. Uh, But Senator,
6: you know what that leads to, though? uh, Yes, It, it leads to illegal immigrants coming in the country. They're going to put them in our military. That's exactly where that's coming from. So they're, dro- they're, they're dropping the standards uh, of, of what it takes to get into our military. And uh, I heard a stat last year of 18, 19, 20-year-olds that could go into our military. Uh, there's about 2.5 million eligible that, that are that age, but only 250,000 are eligible to get in our military because of felonies, drugs, non-educated, I mean, that that is really, really tough to get a a strong military uh, from and that that loves this country.
2: Well, Senator, I understand a lot of uh, military-aged migrants, male migrants, are coming in. And I understand uh, Christopher Rady, FBI director, has pressed the red button that he is scared that something could happen.
6: There's no doubt. It's coming. Uh, I was at the border probably two months ago, and there were several hundred uh, from China, Chinese kids that are kids, 18 to 35, and they had brand new luggage. Now, wait a minute. Uh, if you're walking all the way up through uh, uh, Central America, you don't have new luggage when you get to the border. Uh, there's there's something going on right now with what's happening at the border, not in just in terms of people that are looking for a better place to live. People are being sent here for a reason. And Christopher Ray, the FBI director, knows, he understands, he sees the intel like I do every day. And uh, we're not keeping the people of this country safe. I mean, and that's the number one job of our government.
2: Agreed, 100 um, percent. Senator, what keeps you up at 3 o'clock in the morning?
6: I would say education. Uh, the thing in our country right now, John, is I've... I, I, I recruited when I was a coach. I was in 49 of 50 states, went in high schools, talked to parents all over the country, and I've seen the last 15 years of how our education uh, has dropped in terms of what we're teaching, how we're teaching it. We don't teach reading and writing and math and science anymore. We're all into this social justice agenda, the DEI, the the core curriculum that uh, is something that they're teaching that you and I wouldn't understand if we went back to school. We're not teaching them the basics of being a true American. And so, if you're not educated, how do you survive in a complicated, technical world that we live in today? So, the the direction our education is headed, and you you and I talked about Vivek, you know, and he's big on the education part too. He says he would, if he was president, he would shut the education department down. I, Totally agree with him. Shut it down. Send all the education back to the states. Let them have their own education department, which most of them do anyway, and get the damn federal government out of it. It doesn't need to be an education. Uh, at
2: least you'll straighten out a lot of the states. Exactly. Maybe not Massachusetts, but a lot of the states.
6: <laughs> well, a lot of them are on their own, than they should be, because you have different cultures, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, put your hand over your heart. Know the pledge of allegiance. Understand the history of this country, and quit trying to attack the history of the country. That 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 is one thing that just really upsets our me. Our
2: country, Senator, Coach, our country is under attack. Whether it's fentanyl, our borders, our education system, so many areas are under attack. But I want to thank you, uh, Senator, for being on the show today, and uh, Coach. Uh Keep your eyes open and and uh, help America stay America. Thank John, you so much.
6: It's going to be a bump, bumpy ten months. Thank uh, you so much. List. God bless you.
2: He is one good U.S. senator. He is one good guy, and uh, patriotic. Wanted, you know, patriotic. Rita, let's go
1: to the hot news.
0: It's the top news of the day. Sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby.
1: Well, as you heard right here on the top of Cats and Cosby, after three American service members were killed Sunday in a drone attack, now reports are suggesting there was confusion over the drone, and that may be to blame for it getting through and hitting the U.S. base. Iranian-backed militants controlled the attack drone. This happened near Jordan's border with Syria 40 of our service members were injured. A verdict could come this week in Donald Trump's civil fraud trial in New York. State Attorney General Letitia James wants a Manhattan judge to order Trump to pay a $370 million fine. James accuses him of falsely inflating the value of real estate in order to get more favorable loans. And New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer is ramping up efforts to keep AM radio in electric vehicles. It's something we've talked about a lot here on and cosby with John Katzenmatidis leading the charge on this. Congressman Gottheimer spoke today at a New Jersey Tesla dealership and the Democrat called on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to require the sticker prices of electric cars without AM radios to also include warnings that they're unsafe in certain emergencies. And, John, those are your Goya hot, 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 hot stories of the day. Well, thank you, Rita. I mean, uh, those
2: are hot stories. And this AM radio situation, I thought it was behind us. But somehow these companies, uh they want, uh, I guess they want to earn... Uh Uh, They're going to give you AM radio, but they're probably going to charge you $19.99 a month.
1: Which is ridiculous because it Uh, is critical for
2: emergencies, John. There's some places that don't have anything other other than this. Federal emergency, FEMA wants AM radios in cars. If anybody out there wants to buy a car... Make sure you have an FM radio, an AM
1: radio, and an FM radio. Absolutely. And by the way, sometimes in these critical, we've heard of like flooding situations where they couldn't get anything. They need to have that. Think about the most dire circumstances. It's critical. Let's take a break and we're going to come back. We're going to be talking to Councilman Robert Holden because we're going to find out if the very progressive New York City Council is going to push to have cops bogged down with paperwork. Is Mayor Adams going to win? Or Adrian Adams, the city council
2: president, is going to win. Tune in. We're going to have the boxing match tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk about it with Councilman Holden. Let's take that break.
0: You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matitis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
1: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Well, it is literally the deadline, uh, because tomorrow the New York City Council, let's see if they will override a veto from Mayor Eric Adams, who says we should not be bogging police down with extra paperwork and also about solitary confinement. He is supporting the police big time on this so are we and joining us now as part of the common sense caucus there in the New York City Council uh, councilman Robert Holden a Democrat councilman you know we love you we appreciate you we wish there were more common sense on the New York City Council what's going to happen tomorrow we're so worried what's going to happen to our law enforcement oh
8: um, yeah everybody's worried in New York City that likes public safety and likes safe streets this is a counterproductive bill. Uh, this will actually make us less safe, because now the police are going to get bogged down in making every single report. So we went on the ride along uh, the other day um, on Saturday, and uh, we saw firsthand uh, that once they the cops, let's say, question someone, this is not even a stop. The first, the level one, they call it a level one stop, but it's not really a stop. They just are questioning the public. Let's say, did you see that accident? Did you see that guy harassing that woman? And now we have to, even the person can say, no, I didn't see it. Uh, and then let's say they ask 10 people and they all didn't see the, the person harassing the woman or attacking someone. Respond. They have to give we'll a report. Stage. And it's going to take about, it's about 11 questions. Jermani Williams, who sponsored the bill, says it's going to take seconds. Well, it won't. It'll take maybe 15 minutes 20 minutes on each You know stop. councilman
1: you know it's outrageous we've had some retired law enforcement come on we've had some current too as well um they have said not just like you said precious minutes that we already we need more law enforcement we want to free them up to be in more places and there also has to be a hiring of people to look over the reports i mean this is the definition of insanity your thoughts councilman
8: then, then you know again, Jermaine Williams and uh, the crew that he has, and, and a lot of people are aligned with him. They're going to like demand that we we defund the police. So we have so few cops in the precinct now. Do you know in my precinct? And it's probably the, like this everywhere because I listen to the scanner. Each unit, that means each. They, they allow squad. you to
2: listen to the scanner.
8: Yeah, we can still listen to it. Um, you can. You have to pay for it, but you can listen to the scanner. Uh, And I hear each unit, each cop car, holding five 911 jobs. And that's a norm, by the way, citywide. So imagine, you know, again, it comes in priority. So you'll have to wait your turn in line with five others. And then each time the cops make any kind of contact with the public, they got to report on it. Oh, my God, this is so bad. And yet it'll pass tomorrow because they wouldn't hold a stated meeting unless they had the votes.
1: So you believe the very progressive, I need people to understand in New York city that they are pushing for this. Think that this is a good thing. You think they're going to override the veto.
8: Uh, definitely. They wouldn't call uh, a stated, like I said, they have the votes because everybody, you know, again, the, the speakers. speakers, she wants it. It's going to happen. Uh, Councilman Hogan,
2: the if they override the bill tomorrow, Everybody loses. The people people of the city of New York loses. Mayor Adams loses. Uh, Speaker Adams loses. Everybody loses. And let me tell you something. The people of the city of New York, if they don't feel safe, they're going to keep moving out. And um, Adrian Adams, the speaker who's pushing this, is going to go down in history as helping destroy the city of New York.
8: And they keep doing this by the way, they keep adding these bills that make it really nobody wants to be a cop anymore because it is so difficult, so they're making it much tougher to be a police officer they're under a you know magnifying glass constantly, and now they've got to do more reports instead of being on patrol. How insane is this, John? This is totally i mean it's it's all anti cop the whole most of the city council is, and that's why they'll they'll have thirty four thirty five votes to override.
1: Yeah, that what a sad situation. That is just horrible. Keep us posted, Councilman. Uh, obviously, folks listening out there, call your city council members. uh, Put in your position and let them know how you Make feel. Call them, them up pay for not fe- making you feel safe. Yeah, it's crazy, John. At this time of all things to do this, this is crazy to do to our cops. Well, everybody, stay with us after the break. Bill O'Reilly's going to weigh in on this and a lot more. Stay with us.
0: It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
1: And we are back on Cats and Cosby. Our next guest is the top nonfiction author out there. More than 19 million books out there, including his latest big bestseller, the kill of the killing series, Killing the Witches. And of course, you can hear him every night. On WABC Radio, Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, bill, it's great to have you here. You probably just heard Councilman Robert Holden uh, about this NYPD bill. And I can't believe that New York City Council of all times, uh, it looks like they are planning on overriding the veto and bogging down our police.
9: It's really uh, a tragedy, uh, almost unprecedented. I'm still holding out hope that a couple of these council people will um, put their hatred for the police aside, because that's what it is, um, and do what's right for the American people and uh, and the New Yorkers. So all you got to do is look at San Francisco to see what's going to happen if this bill passes. It'll be hollowed out. uh, Stores will close. uh, Retails will leave. People won't go into the city as much. Um, It's going to happen. But the ideologues on the city council uh, hate the police. It's personal. They put their um, neurosis above the welfare of the eight and a half million people that live in the city. The police have got to be demoralized. You know, they will be. Um, This will change the dynamic of uh, public safety. And. You know, I'm sitting here going, if you are in a position of responsibility and you act this irresponsibly, there's nothing left to do but flee. I mean, that's what happened in the Revolutionary War. The the people said, look, we can't deal with the King of England anymore because he's killing us with taxes and, and oppression. That's We're reaching that point in New York City. And it's gonna this is gonna be so bad combined with the um congestion pricing, what a one two punch this is gonna be for uh, our city
1: yeah, it's a gut punch and, and you know it gets me so angry, Bill, because we are still dealing obviously with so much crime. you're talking about obviously with the congestion pricing socking it there and and i i I don't I don't know how our police officers go to work every day when they hear something like this. I mean, this is so it is right. They can't recruit.
9: They can't recruit. They're canceling classes. Um, Public disorder will rise even worse than it is now. People should understand that when the politicians come out and they uh, tout falling crime rates, with the exception of murder, um, there are many crimes that go unreported because people have lost faith in the justice system. And they get punched in the mouth, or they get ripped off, or mugged, or whatever. They don't even bother. They don't even bother calling the police or going down to the precinct filing a complaint because they know nothing is going to happen. But when you see the disorder before your very eyes, if you ride the subways, you see it. If you walk through Penn Station, you see it. Um, then you know politicians say whatever they want, but. You have a situation where the people do not feel safe. So if you took a poll tomorrow and asked New Yorkers, do you feel safe in New York City? Do you think the majority are going to say yes? Does anybody think that?
2: Nobody's going to say yes, uh, especially in Manhattan, Bill. I live on the Upper East Side Uh, and people at night do not go out after dark. They do not go to the restaurants as much as they used to after dark. They don't go to the Gristini's. They don't go to D'Agostino's. They don't go to CVS. They don't go to Dwayne Reed because because they're scared.
9: And they know that if they are confronted by a miscreant, they could get hurt because the police, are bogged down, there's not enough of them, and now with this insane bill, they'll be in the precinct house, not out walking the beat. So the hatred of the police that drives these radical leftists on the Manhattan, New York City Council, they are irrational people now. There's no doubt what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen, and they're going to let it happen because they don't care about individuals. They care about ideology. Is everything to them.
1: Really sad. Bill O'Reilly, Judge Weinberg, has a question. And it's even worse, Bill, because what they've
4: done with the prosecution of Daniel Penny, the Marine who is a good Samaritan, protecting his fellow travelers on the subway, he's discouraging people to intervene and protect their fellow citizens because they're the ones who get prosecuted.
9: Well, he'll get off, but the fact that he has to go through it and that Bragg would bring the case when Bragg knows he's going to get off, there's no way he's going to get convicted um, of this crime because there are just too many people in the subway car, eyewitnesses, to say, look, I felt in danger. They're already on the record. That's already public knowledge. So why is Bragg doing that? Because, again, he's a radical leftist, Bragg, the attorney general, uh, I'm sorry, the district attorney of Manhattan. He's a radical leftist. That's what he's doing. He's playing to his crew. That's their whole, these people's whole life is this, their whole life. And that's why you see the quality of life in New York City declining dramatically.
1: Very sad. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, um, you also want to talk about what's going on, of course, at the border and Biden seeing the poll numbers. Talk about it.
9: Well, I wrote a column yesterday on BillOReilly.com. You don't have to be a member or juggle or sing a song. You just go there and you can read the column. <laughs> what, if you, what if you can juggle?
1: Says, what if you can juggle, Bill?
9: Well, then you can read the column and juggle at the same time, but the column's pretty good, so you might want to concentrate 100% on that. <laughs> panic is set in to the Biden administration. They're in, they're in panic mode now. 70% of the American people understand the destruction that's going on at the Southern border. That's overwhelming and it cuts across party lines. So now Biden's going, oh, I'm going to get tough. Well, what happened to you for three years?
2: And, okay. and Bill, the, the question election. the voters should ask is what, if he gets elected again on November 5th, what happens after the election? Does he go back to his old tricks
9: or yeah, worse <laughs> run again? Look, if Biden is, a, if Biden, is um re-elected this country has got you know that it's going to mirror new york city so i announced today my new book is called confronting the presidents no spin analysis no spin assessments from george washington to joe biden every president we assess coming out in september all right on the biden assessment what you have there is a man with early stage dementia and the american people are going to put him back into the office with early-stage dementia? Is that what's going to happen? I mean, you know, every, I have my people on alert because the United States is going to have to do something to Iran. We're going to have to now because uh, Biden's in panic mode. Can't kill three Americans and wound 35 without a response. He doesn't want to respond. Biden doesn't want to do it, but he has to do it. Now, we don't know what form that's going to come in. But the panic mode is now taken over the White House. That's where we are.
1: You know, uh, it's obvious. And he's looking at the polls, Bill, too. I mean, clearly, obviously, seeing the writing on the wall, he's looking weak, uh, the border weak also. But it it has become the number one issue, as we've seen with the voters in Iowa. We saw it in New Hampshire and it, it seems so disingenuous that he's even bringing it up now. I couldn't believe last week, Bill, he actually said, yeah, the border is, uh, you're right, the border isn't secure. For once, it took him three years to make an assessment yeah. you and I could have done in five seconds. And he doesn't care.
9: And I got all the stats in the column, Rita. The, the tremendous rise in dangerous drugs, fentanyl, the deaths of Americans under his watch. So we're confronting a situation now where very soon Americans are going to have to make a decision about whether they want a noble country or not. That's what it is. And the message that has to be sent to Donald Trump is, I don't think Trump understands. I really don't believe he understands the danger this country is in. He says he does, but he doesn't act like it with these petty feuds and foolish statements and, and, You know, taking away from the real importance of this campaign, which is how are you going to solve the problems and bringing it into the personal grievance realm, which he does almost every day. Why are you doing that? That is not helping the country. You governed well, run on your record. Hopefully you get back there and solve some problems. But no, we got to talk about Nikki Haley's dress. That's what we got to do. That gets me really uh, agitated because we need a repudiation of what is happening now. We need it in New York City, New York State, and in the federal government.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Stay laser focused. The problems are so big as you're talking about Bill. And people uh, as to what we are talking about don't feel safe. They don't they see the border. There was a column last week also, Bill. I'm sure you saw a big report and you're so spot on on these things. Where it showed it was about a 100 former intel officials coming forward and saying they are so worried of who is crossing the border. Uh Potentially, obviously, it's all these middle-aged men coming, many from Iraq, Iran, Syria. Just last month, 19 on the FBI terrorist watch list in one month, Bill. That's scary. Sure.
9: I mean, if you want to mount a terror attack in the United States, it has never been easier to do than now.
2: You know, when I said, with all these uh, Chinese-type soldiers coming in, I mean, all the machine guns, they they can get the machine guns. If they go to Hooterville, they can kill everybody in that town before any, any reinforcements can come in.
9: Look, I've been to 85 countries. I don't know any country that has a situation of an open border like we do. And I don't know any country that is more a target than the United States. Edit so up. And now, with the Middle East and and the Hamas, Israel, and all of that, the fanaticism grows. The anti American fanaticism grows. And you just waltz right over that border.
2: Well, and I'll be why. listening to you at nine o'clock today, Bill. What are you going to talk about?
9: Well, we're going to get into the path mode. And I'm going to do, uh, you know, come down hard on this uh, city council. And hopefully, maybe one or two of those people will see the light and then uh, stay in
1: the veto. And let's we will, pray. we will,
2: we will name every one of those city council people that voted to make our city more unsafe.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Put your pictures up on the website too, John. We will put your, do put that. Your photos up on the website. That's a great. Absolutely. All right, absolutely. Let's, Bill, thank you. And by the way, congrats on the new book coming up too, Bill. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank Appreciate you. It. Thank and you. what Bye. do we all stand for? Truth, justice, and the American American
4: way.
2: God bless America.